0: Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. first of all. Movement, movement, battle, movement, movement, Disney friends, how we doing tonight? It is Matt with the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. And we've got a pretty big show tonight. We've got Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel uh, joining us tonight. And we've got an announcement of a lot of things coming out on the website, some of our social media platforms. So really cool, really cool stuff coming um, from the DPI guys and from Princesses and the Mouse um, here in the next few weeks. Um, Blogs ride videos a lot of things together and if you want to be the first one to see some of these ride videos like rise of the resistance subscribe to the blog over on the website www or, patm, disney travel dot uh, wix dot com forward slash planning um and you can get to our blog from there and we can post a link um in the chat as oh, well bad. so you guys can uh see that as well so without without further without further ado let me get peter on here and um we'll talk about what's coming out hey peter how you doing tonight
1: doing well how are you
0: I am doing well, doing well. Um so kind of prefaced with a lot of things coming out um with the website. So uh tell the tell the viewers a little bit and listeners a little bit about what you've been working on um here over the weekend and what we're trying to get out here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Well, I think you're referring to the blog. So
0: Am I right? That's what you're referring to. I am blog? referring to the blog. You are all kinds of frozen, dude. I've been promising Matt for about a year. How's that? Hmm. It's a little better. That looks better. Is it or no? Uh, yeah, let's let's go with that.
1: <laughs> Should I grab a different
0: device and you uh, it's... do some freestyle rapping while I join? Well, it's it's it, it's kind of struggling. You're you're kind of in and out. You were fine before we were um, before we went on, and now now that you're on, you're kind of a little fuzzy. You're it's better now. So let's is go my ahead. My audio
1: choppy, or is it just my video?
0: No, you're good now. You're good now.
1: All right, we'll see how long this lasts, everybody. Um, so Matt is referring to the blog because I promised him about a year ago that I would start writing the blog for him. And uh, I just started over the weekend. (laughs) So uh, great stuff, though, because if I can get on with that a little bit more, it frees up Matt a little bit um, from because he's already doing all the photography and all of the creating the podcast content and all of that great stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to contributing quite a bit in the blog. I was actually just before we went live. I was asking Matt a couple of questions about um, uh, a kind of a surprise blog that I was going to get ready for uh, the upcoming week. So lots of stuff coming out. Our goal is to push out park detail blogs to start with. So kind of matching the podcast that we have done. Um, helping you kind of understand the parks for those of you that maybe have not been there um, or maybe you've only been there a time or two and you just want to make sure you understand everything that the park has to offer. Um, And then we'll start kind of branching out into other topics, other things that I just kind of feel like doing. Um, Like I said, I was asking Matt some questions for kind of a bonus blog that I was going to write. So um, big things coming there. It's going to be so, if you don't subscribe to our blog, feel free. Um, if you subscribe to it, you'll get an email notification anytime a new one is published, so you can click on it, read through it, and see what's going on.
0: Yeah. So, I went ahead and I posted the blog website right here. You can see it on the screen now. Um, so, yeah, that patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com/planning, and then you can find the blog from there. Also, if you're looking to book a trip, you can go to our booking a trip page and you can fill out the form there and we can reach out to you and talk to you about, hey, what you want to do at any of the Disney properties. Um, So really what we've got coming out on the blog side in the next couple of weeks is we've got um, a really detailed breakdown of Liberty Square. We've got a really detailed breakdown of the classic Fantasyland. We've got a really detailed breakdown of New Fantasyland. And then Tomorrowland is going to finish out our uh, Magic Kingdom Park Detail series. And then we're going to move over to Hollywood Studios. We kind of did it different in the podcast. We went to Epcot next. But I think Hollywood Studios is the next relevant one because I think they're getting the second most people when it comes to the crowds now. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. And then Rides um I've been over the weekend I got on just kind of a, a tear with putting ride videos together so I was able to get um rise of the resistance smugglers run um alien swirling saucers and there's another one that i'm I'm missing I got four done and I'm working on Winnie the Pooh so I got like I said I got on oh uh people mover was the other one I got done so yeah, so I got on a tear with the rides. Now what you're gonna see is I'm keeping them all private. They're all on YouTube right now, but they're all private. Um and as we release the blogs, if you subscribe to the blog, you're gonna get to see the videos first by clicking through the blog. Um that's how we'll keep that going so that you can get a link to the link to the video through the blog, and then you can see it through there. I would Definitely, definitely, definitely. When the Hollywood Studios one comes out for the new lands, the Rise of the Resistance and the Smugglers Run ride videos turned out awesome. Absolutely awesome. So really, really excited to to get those out and, and get people kind of to see that. Because I know, you know, I used to use YouTube as a way to get closer to the parks you know we live in indiana we can't just go to the parks and ride a ride so when i feel like riding a ride i can go on youtube and find a ride video or i can go into my video collection now and find a ride video and watch it so it 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 really kind of quells that disney thirst a little bit um sitting here in central indiana
1: um i think it's funny that you mentioned smugglers run turned out so well because if I'm not mistaken I believe that ride footage was taken from the engineer seats with two brand new pilots
0: oh yeah the ride was terrible but the footage was awesome (laughs) that's what I mean so I'm just remembering back to
1: that ride experience like sitting there in the engineer seat with my left hand outstretched with the GoPro just like Jostling around everywhere, but trying to stabilize that thing to get good footage.
0: We have yet to have like a, a fantastic pilot tandem. Now, nothing against my kids, but my kids didn't make good pilots. Um, Bryce and I were pretty good. And then Shannon and I got to ride it by ourselves when we went on one of our anniversary trips. And the group that we were with screamed the whole time. Like teenage girls, and they just yelled the whole time. It was like we couldn't wait to get off of it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming out. If you aren't a subscriber to the blog, definitely subscribe to the blog. We do not spam blog by any means. You know, normally once we get back into a rhythm, it's about one a week, unless there's like super breaking news that we feel like is pertinent to the blog we'll put it up on the blog, you know, and really it took the pandemic for us to put a breaking news story on the blog. So, but past that, you know, no spam emails, nothing like that. We just, we want you to get information and and learn about the parks um, because that's kind of why we got this started was to help teach people how to enjoy the parks without the need of travel agents or anything like that. So
1: I think uh, my ultimate goal with the blog, blog is to actually get to a point where we have enough content in there that we can sort of you know, you have like sort of those blog list serves that, you know, over the course of a year you'll end up seeing the same blog over and over again. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. But we gotta make a lot of content first.
0: Yeah. And and that's what we're doing right now is just pounding out that content. So let's get on to the news. Um the Food and Wine Festival began this or this past weekend um runs through november the 20th peter i know this is one of your favorite times of year at epcot um what what are you looking forward to most i know that you're going in september what are you looking forward to most in food and wine well uh so first of all food and wine festival is
1: my favorite festival flower and garden is great festival of the arts all that stuff are great times to be at epcot food and wine is the best in my opinion, because I I feel like, so first of all, it is the biggest, right? It is absolutely the largest scale festival that Epcot puts on. So that right there gives it a little bit of boost. Um, But then in addition to that, the other ones sort of like celebrate different things like Flower and Garden Festival have like, oh, we're celebrating honey, we're celebrating apples or whatever else, what I love about food and wine festival is that it takes the 11 countries of the world showcase and blossoms it to like a solid 40 plus countries that you can go to the Brazil stand and you can go to the Thailand stand and you can go to, you know, so it just really, really increases the, the immersion into other cultures, which is my favorite aspect of Epcot. And Food & Wine does that the most. Um, So I do love that. Quick disclaimer, though, if you are going to Food & Wine Festival between now and October 1st, you are actually getting about a 50% to two-thirds version of Food & Wine Festival. So I was looking through the menus the other day, and what's awesome is there is so much new. We went to Food & Wine Festival in 2019, and then we went again last year in 2020, and for the most part, it was basically they brought back the good stuff from 2019 and threw in some old favorites from previous years and called that a Food & Wine Festival. This year, almost every stand has a new sign next to at least one menu item uh-huh. and there are even a few brand new stands that have never been there before which is super exciting but if you look at that food guide what you see is not all of the stands are open right now
0: eight of the third all eight of, of them the will be open
1: on matt's favorite date <laughs> of october 1st the last couple of stands, they will slowly come online there's some coming online in August. There's some coming in in September. So basically what you're going to get over these first few months of it is sort of a, a build up to the full food and wine festival that'll be available in October and early November, as Matt was talking about. So um, really, really great. But that does also fit in line with what you and I have talked about in this podcast. Uh, you know, they, they just don't have the employees. To bring it on full. I think it has to do a lot with that. So a lot of those people in the college orientation program right now, a lot of people in the new new hires, they're probably being trained to take over this food stand in September and this food stand in October.
0: Yeah. And you're still, you're not seeing that international travel yet. So you're not getting a lot of those international employees back to kind of relieve some of the other Epcot employees to do these duties because, you know, normally you would see a lot of these, just, you know, your generic Epcot employee in some of these stands and that kind of thing. And and this is where not having the international staffs all through the other, the 11 countries of World Showcase kind of hurts them right now. Yeah. Um, now I f-
1: call them the flag shirts.
0: Yes, the flag shirts. Um, for me, Food and Wine Festival is more of a because we do so much sit down dining food and wine has kind of been hit and miss we are looking forward to going to it this year and actually enjoying some stuff in food and wine festival um so we've already talked about that but you know what what i'm noticing is if you look at like the live entertainment schedule it only goes through like the middle of september right now So they're really leaving a big opening for those last two-ish months Um, to bring in some of those bigger name acts maybe. Um, I noticed we were looking at House of Blues, and House of Blues is getting their their bigger bands back down there for their shows that were rescheduled from last year. So I'm interested to see what goes on with the live entertainment um, aspect And then one thing I'm really disappointed about this year is you're not going to get a lot of the live cooking demonstrations that you would in years past. Um, you can't find anything about any of those types of experiences online right now. And to me, that means they're just not happening. So, um, usually they would use that festival pavilion between Canada and Great Britain, um, to, to host a lot of that stuff, and there's just there's nothing online about it. So, and I haven't seen or heard anything about it um, on Twitter or anything like that of people that have been there.
1: The last few festivals, they've actually used that building to put four, three or four food stands into it. Yeah, because um, it's just a huge. You're right. In past years, during Food and Wine Festival, you could sign up for like wine pairing class and you could sign up for for a cheese class and and all these different types of things where they would teach you basic culinary techniques and and ways to really kind of enhance you know parties and and things like that so um you're right I haven't seen anything about it we can just kind of say that as a blanket statement right now most of the things from the enchanted extras collection And the additional um, experiences are simply not available. Just about the only thing that is available is you are able to hire the private guides, which are
0: the crazy, crazy expensive ones. Yeah, and they've, they've upped those prices too because they used to be, for the best tour, it was about $400 an hour for a group of 10, up to 10. Um, and you had to book seven hours. So it was $2,800 for a day. And you basically could do whatever you wanted with that person that you could pack into that seven hours. Um, I looked at the prices and they are now like 495 to $750 an hour, depending on the experience, depending on the day, depending on the park. And it's like, whoa, that's shot up in price quite a bit um, in the last couple of years. So... And one thing that it will not get you, and that was it was kind of an on again, off again thing last week was a Rise of the Resistance boarding group. So for a couple of days, they were letting VIP tours right onto Rise of the Resistance. So you were paying that $400, $500, $600 an hour to get on Rise of the Resistance. And middle of the week last week, they said, eh, we're done with this. Um, you have to get a boarding group. So pretty interesting call on Disney side for that.
1: Something tells me the tour guide would be
0: able to get a boarding group. Yeah. Um, so let, let's, let's keep on the rides, um, side of it. A couple of updates on rides. So we got some news from Disney about, um, Hull of Presidents, Hall of Presidents, the animatronic for Joe Biden, the current sitting president of the United States is now up and working. Um, You got a little sneak peek on the Disney blog about it. Uh, It looks like this is going to open sometime next month. Still haven't given a a solid date, but hey, at least it's not October 1st. Uh, um, You know, because it's not like we need to, you know, move crowd on October 1st or anything. So. Yeah, because Hall of Presidents would
1: really bring them in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Air conditioning, about a 30-minute show. Man, that's a great way to get out of the heat.
1: You just summed up everything I wrote in the blog.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much all there is to write about it. (laughs) Um, the The other ride update that we got was the cast members for Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor have been called back and they are rehearsing right now. No opening date or anything on that right now, but at least we have cast members rehearsing, which doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot because Beauty and the Beast has been rehearsing over at um, Hollywood Studios since the end of May, and we still don't have anything on that. So, um, who knows how long it takes these guys to get their lines down. It is what it is. Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, another hey, we can get you out of the sun for 15 to 20 minutes. We'll be coming back probably around October 1st.
1: I would think Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor would be able to come back quicker than Beauty and the Beast because there it's just a person behind a screen and they can read from a script. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, I can understand why it's taking months of rehearsal.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a few more people. Just, just a, a couple. Just a couple.
1: A couple more lines as well.
0: Um, Big news on the transportation front. The Epcot monorail line is functional. Um, In a surprise kind of announcement over the end of last week, the monorail opened over the weekend on the 18th. Uh, The Contemporary and Grand Floridian will be stopping their bus service this weekend. And the Polynesian is scheduled to stop their bus service on... In mid-August is what they said. So what that means is that they expect the monorail terminal at the Polynesian to be ready in mid-August. You are pumping your fist because September is Polynesian for the Salvadoris. October. October is yep. Polynesian for the but Salvadoris. Yes,
1: October is Polynesian and this is what you just said is probably the best Disney news I've gotten in the last year because it means that my bets are kind of paying off because I got Polynesian in October. We plan every day. I didn't make any park reservations for Epcot because my plan every day is to park hop to Epcot and then ride the monorail back to Polynesian at night. So it's on my timeline. Finally, something is on my timeline. <laughs>
0: uh, let's see. Let's get out of the parks for a little bit and talk about cruising. So uh, Disney has now had two fully booked cruises in the UK that have gone. And um, I've had some friends over on Twitter experience the one over last this past weekend. So it's their Friday through Monday cruises. Um, and they were impressed and said it was pretty good um so on the on the US side the test cruise was supposed to go out on June the 29th um they had six cases of possible covid in the crew they decided that they weren't going to do it they didn't give a new date and then all of a sudden we found out oh it left Friday and came back um, yesterday and um, now we're just kind of waiting on word because the other thing that's happened on, uh, at least on the U S side when it comes to cruising is um, the courts have overturned the reversal of the CDC guidelines for cruising. Um, so that means that now cruise lines are able to Uh, mandate vaccinations for guests they're able to mandate testing prior to going on the boat they're able to mandate you buying cruise insurance travel insurance if you are not vaccinated Um, there are a lot of things that kind of are in play um, and it's really company to company when it comes to what they are going to make you do to get on one of these ships you know what are your thoughts uh peter Well, it comes back to,
1: I know you and I have talked at length about, hey, is this too much? Is this not enough? Is this too far? At the end of the day, a cruise company, they're a private entity, right? So the fact that they're now able to run their business in the way that they best see fit, fits more in, in line in my mind as to what, this nation is all about correct so every cruise line being able to choose what they want the risk they want to assume what they want their passengers to go through you can like it you can hate it but at the end of the day it really shouldn't be government dictated because now if a cruise line requires you to give your vaccination card requires you to take a rapid test before boarding requires you if you're not vaccinated to jump through some hoops to where you as the individual are assuming all risk taking the company out of it you then as the consumer have the right to patronize that business or not correct so it it all just makes a whole lot of sense Um, because at the end of the day individuals have to decide what risk they're willing to assume and companies need to get back to operating or the company isn't going to exist.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's jobs, it's livelihoods, it's it's people's lives that are sitting here in the balance waiting to be told am I allowed to work or not? Well, me as the consumer, I get to decide if I feel safe enough to travel but no. they should have the ability to offer me the chance to travel.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think it is on the right path. We'll see kind of where that goes. Um, Cause that was kind of a Florida decided they wanted to challenge this and they ended up winning in lower courts. And then when it was appealed, they ended up losing the appeal. So we'll see where this goes. Um, but at least it's a good, um, a good start, a good push in the right direction. Um, I would still love to take a cruise that we had booked last year. Um, you know, we're on our, I mean, our, really,
1: sorry to to interrupt. Like, would you go, like, let's say you had to show your vaccination card. And if you're not vaccinated, you had to agree to have insurance. And you also had to agree to like a morning rapid COVID test. Uh-huh. Like, would you go? Yeah. Like uh, an orderly, right? somebody, some crew member would come around to your room and give you a rapid test. You know, those things come back in five, eight minutes now.
0: They were, doing, they were doing the rapid hard. testing. Um, in the UK, they're doing the rapid testing when you drop off your luggage. Right. So, so before you're even on the ship. Right. Do that.
1: Do that once you board the ship and then maybe do it the next day. You know, maybe do it the first day of the cruise as well, just to make sure because you could have been incubating and not tested positive yet, you know, and you just sign off on a form that if my test comes back, I get a second chance at it. And if they both come back positive, I'm quarantined to my room and they'll deliver me room service.
0: Yeah. And that's I, I think that's where I think the guidelines have to be pretty, pretty well drawn out on that side, because, you know. I am I am one that I am not a I'm not a travel insurance person when it comes to land based trips. So when I'm going to the parks, I'm normally not picking up travel insurance. But on the cruise, I will pick up travel insurance because I think there's just a lot more that can go on on a cruise that could go wrong than on a land based trip. Um, so you know, purchasing the insurance, taking the test, that kind of stuff it, that doesn't bother me one bit. Now, if they try and pull something like Disney tried to pull um, when they were running the the temperature screening and say, hey, if you have one person in your party that te- is over the temperature, your whole party can't go. That's a whole nother ball of wax. And that's that's kind of where, you know, I want to know, A, how is the travel insurance going to protect me in that case? And B, you know, what are the ramifications of you know us splitting it up or or doing something like that so like i said i I think what is going to be done has to be really well drawn out but you know i'd still be willing to to go on a cruise yeah so last thing that i have and this is kind of i would if you weren't on i was actually going to go on to the dpi dark side for this i don't know if you've seen that transition yet it's pretty awesome
1: but, you made a DPI dark side? Yeah, just so I can rant. Ah uh, you know what? I'm actually glad you do that because we have had a talk like before about that. Like at least normally we're very upbeat and positive about Disney. We both love Disney very much. So when you go on the rant, I feel like it goes off like off theme of what we're aiming for. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so here Although here's the same thing that being said, I I made a scathing review of liberty
0: <laughs> you have you have okay so what i'm going to do is i'm going to play the dark side transition and then i'm going to bring bring the back back to the screen so hold on one second
1: you don't know the power of the
0: dark side Okay, now let me bring Peter back on and, and, and we'll get back into this. Remote talk. There we go. Okay, we're back. So I saw this today and this kind of threw me threw me over the edge when it came to Disney today. Not only were people being stupid with uh, the whole Trader Sam's gr- Grotto opening up, um, but Calvacade Times are now posted on My Disney Experience, so you can go onto the My Disney Experience app, and you can go under Attractions, and you can see when the cavalcades are going to come at every park, throughout the day, and multiple times are listed and all this kind of stuff. So this this pisses me off because I love I love the big Disney parade. It's it's one of the the coolest things about Disney, is every day three o'clock huge parade comes through the whole park you knew it was at three o'clock even though people would still ask you what time is the three o'clock parade um but now the these cavalcades were meant and designed to be spontaneous so that crowds couldn't gather in preparation for these events now you're giving people the ability to prepare and gather for these events. So why don't you just bring back the damn three o'clock parade? I just, I don't, I don't understand why some things get so much more precedent when it comes to coming back from COVID than some of the things that make Disney like super magical. And this is one of the things that I think right now (laughs) they are, they're, they're really kind of towing that line on idiocy when it comes to, oh, these aren't really parades and they're not really scheduled. Well, now they are scheduled. You know exactly when they're coming. So I can plan my day around them, not be on those routes when I don't want to be and be on them when I want to be. So you had your hand up. How are you going to call me down on this one? This a
1: really wonderful rant, first of all. I would like to give credit where it's due. That <laughs> it was a very wonderful rant. Um, however, may I, may I pose an idea to you? When we were there, had we not figured out that the cavalcade came out at 15 minutes after the hour every hour,
0: we did. Right. But we were we were also paying attention. Most right. of the people in the park aren't paying attention. Correct. And a lot of people in the park hadn't
1: seen the cavalcades in October and seen the cavalcades. You went, I think Christmas, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get that by the time you and I went in February, we had already seen cavalcades in action a couple of times already on our family trips. So we had noticed, but my point to this is the cavalcades, they can say they were random, but the cavalcades have always been scheduled. So you can, oh, Disney said the cavalcades would be at random times. Well, no, because they have to have cast members in the right positions at the right times. So there is a schedule. There was always a schedule as to when the cavalcades were you and I, figured out what the schedule was. So really this is just a step towards, well, we're going to let them know what the schedule is. And now here's, here's my devil's advocate to you. Now Disney has the ability in smaller scale parades to see how much traffic builds and what risks there might possibly be with allowing people to gather back in with the way that they're doing with fireworks so now by publishing the cavalcade times they can see just how many people line the street 30 minutes early or are they still just treating the cavalcades as oh they started let's stand next to the street or are they going to start you know popping a squat and main street at one o'clock for the three o'clock parade
0: like was happening back before covid well but, so, but my thing my thing on this is is you at Magic Kingdom you've got three different cavalcades that come through. Yeah right now. Right. So you you've got you've got three different cavalcades that come through. So in essence, your first time there, if you've never seen these, you're gonna try and catch all three of them. And there's a a, a, a very large possibility that during those three Cavalcades, you're going to be around three completely de- different sets of people so if they were worried about risk of covid spread or whatever you're you're subjecting people to more groups doing it this way than just one parade that takes 30 minutes of time and if that person wants to sit there for two hours before the parade They can. It's no different than the lines that you have to go past for a photo pass photographer. It's no different than the fireworks right now. Bring back the three o'clock parade. I hope
1: that that's coming soon. And actually, I I know I've said this before. I hope that the three o'clock parade comes back soon. And I hope that the cavalcade
0: stick around. I would like to see like a morning, you know, more than just like the Dapper Dance in the morning, more than the Move It, Shake It with Goofy. Because they were doing things like that already, and they're still doing the Dapper Dance in the morning, but Move It, Shake It isn't happening right now. Um, and I'd love to see the cavalcade stick at oh, the other day. Oh, that's because hearts. it's the
1: Goofy cavalcade. It is. It Move is. It, Dance It is the Goofy
0: cavalcade. It's the same flute. Yeah. So, you know, that that's kind of... My whole my whole thing with this is, is you've brought back fireworks and you've already brought back that scheduled big event. Now you're taking these little events that weren't supposed to be scheduled and making them a bunch of little scheduled events now where you're risking that people are going to gather multiple times throughout the day. And, and like I said, in more likelihood with different groups of people every time. Well, I still like the, what you're saying is absolutely
1: good. But if I know that a cavalcade is at one o'clock, but I know that I could also see it at 2.30 and four and six, there's too many people. I can now make the conscientious decision to say, Well, I don't have to push
0: myself into this risk. I can go and I can try again later. But couldn't you do the same thing with the parade and find a different spot? Like the cavalcades were, well, right. But again, it's,
1: it's 20 different cavalcades instead of one singular event. So I can be like, oh, well, I don't need to see it at one o'clock. I'll come back and try since before i'm like oh i want to see this princess one i don't know if it'll ever be back again no so, I, I don't know i'm kind of i want the three o'clock parade back. let's just agree on that talking point <laughs> that i want the gigantic parade back i want to get my tony's town square reservation that comes with the vip viewing inside of the flag area I want it back,
0: and he wants it now.
1: That's right, <laughs> <Baruch> Assault.
0: <laughs> Don't uh, care how. Oh. Yeah, I just like I said, it just it just bothers me that they're they're being, and as much as I love having the fireworks back, I feel like they're being cavalier with the f- fireworks, and and then saying, well, phantasmic. Eh, we can wait on Fantasmic, even though that was probably the easiest place to social distance uh, a nighttime show. that they're, they're doing the same thing. I think thing that, with-
1: again, all of this has to deal with cast member numbers. I think now Disney is very much just like any other business. I mean, how many businesses are you going into where they are clearly short staffed? And I mean, Disney's doing that. They're making budget decisions, trying to get the best experience for everybody.
0: Yeah, but I, I still think Hollywood does it students, grind your gears. It it does a little bit. Does it cream your corn? It does not cream my corn. <laughs> does it butter your bagel. <laughs> it butters my biscuit. Oh, oh, uh, oh the
1: biscuit.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, it just like I said, it just it just rubs me the wrong way that hey, you know, these things that were supposed to be light-hearted, cool, fun, spontaneous things, even though we knew they were scheduled. And, and if you went enough times, you, you would understand when they were coming. Now our scheduled events throughout the day without them saying, hey, we're going to bring back the parade. Um, and no inkling of the parade, no inkling of a parade for the 50th, no inkling of a parade for Halloween, even though it sounds like um, that better happen. You, it's, uh, you're going to get a cavalcade. Light, fun, cavalcade. unscheduled cavalcades throughout Boobash. No, they're scheduled now. Oh, yeah, yeah. With your <laughs> distance meet and greets. <clears throat> I can uh. wait from a distance. <laughs> you got anything else that you're seeing at Disney?
1: Uh, did we talk about everything that you wanted to talk about? Yep. All right. Why is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad your favorite ride at Magic Kingdom?
0: I don't know. It just—I I think it. For me, I'm a—I'm a roller coaster fan. When it comes to any park I go to, I'm looking at what the best roller coaster there is, and I think when it comes to Magic Kingdom, Big Thunder Mountain is that. That ride, I think it has a lot of cool old-style coaster ride elements, um, and just just an overall fun ride.
1: What is your favorite place to eat at Magic Kingdom? Who? Yeah, you gotta pick one.
0: Um, I will honestly say, and this is gonna surprise the hell out of you, um, Crystal Palace. The-
1: Crystal Palace Now or Crystal Palace before or Crystal
0: both? Palace Now. Crystal Palace Now is fantastic.
1: So you're really
0: hoping that they bring
1: back the characters there, but they keep the family style meal.
0: Uh, I sure am. It is okay. it is one of the best meals we've had at Disney.
1: Wow. That's saying something. You've had several meals
0: at Disney. Mm-hmm. We've had quite a few.
1: Okay, and then what is your Magic Kingdom hidden gem? Like it could be a ride, it could be an experience, it could be
0: scenery. Like, what is your the the cinnamon roll at Gaston's Tavern? Mm.
1: I think you just took my my hidden gem. <laughs> That cinnamon roll at Gaston's Tavern is pretty good. It is, it so is the best of use of a watching, snack credit. Oh, I agree with that wholehearted. Well, that and everything at Food and Wine Festival. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things in our park detail series that I'm going to do is I'm going to write a blog called A Few of Our Favorite Things and make them for each park. Nice. So those of you listening, you just got a sneak peek of Matt's answers to a few of our favorite things. So I'm going to also divulge my favorite ride, my favorite place to eat, and my favorite hidden gem in the Magic Kingdom park and put out kind of an extra bonus blog on Magic Kingdom.
0: Awesome, awesome. So um, your favorite place to eat, Liberty Tree?
1: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite ride, Marland Speedway. Yes. My hidden gem, there is a castle there. There is a castle there. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kinda it's kinda back kind in of the distance. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's kind of a hidden gem.
0: Alright, Matt. Well thanks for coming on. Um I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. Um, And um, if you guys are looking to book a Disney vacation, you can get to uh, Peter through our website. Um, They've been rolling down at the bottom. Facebook's the best place to go. At DPI Podcast for the podcast Facebook. At PATM Disney Travel for um, the travel website. And just let them know you heard about them from the DPI Podcast. Uh, Peter, have a good night, man. Okay, you too. Bye, everybody. Hey, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel was on with us tonight. Um, Mary, Natasha, Christy, thank you for liking the stream. on one of the social media platforms below and ask us to help you out with your trip Just passing 4,000 views and listens on both of our YouTube and Anchor platforms.